Mark chapter 8, we're going to begin reading in verse 22. And let's stand, if you're able to stand, for the reading of the Word of God. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 22, it says, And he cometh to Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. They bring this blind man, and they beseech or besought Jesus to touch him. Verse 23 says, And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. Isn't that a beautiful picture to visualize Jesus taking a blind man by the hand? And leading him away from the town. And when he had spit on his eyes. Now please don't do this at home. (laughs) And when he had spit on his eyes. And put his hands upon him. He asked him. If he saw aught. Can you see anything? Verse 24. And this My man who had been blind looked up. He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, Jesus, he put his hands upon his eyes, again upon his eyes, and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. Now, as I said, there's something unique about this miracle, this healing. By the way, only Mark records this particular event in the ministry of Jesus. But it stands alone, as far as I know, in all of the Gospels. It stands alone as a miracle that came in two stages or two touches. He touched him first, and he could see, but not see clearly. He touched him a second time, and he saw every man clearly. And we're going to look at this today, and uh, may God help us to learn and apply it to our, our own lives. Father, we thank you for your word today. Please bless as we study it together. We pray with the psalmist, open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Lord, we pray that you would give sight to the blind, even in the service. And we pray that you would help us as we leave today to leave with the desire to see things more clearly. We'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Just kind of to review the basic details. Jesus, it says in verse 22, arrived in the city of Bethsaida. Uh, Bethsaida is a community north and east of the Sea of Galilee. And we're not going to do it today with a map, but if you're following along and trying to really get a better grasp of the geography of the region, you can see again as he's crisscrossing around across the Sea of Galilee. And there in Bethsaida, it tells us in verse 22, they brought this blind man to him. The man was incapable of making his way to Jesus. So they brought this man to him and asked the Lord, besought is the word we find in verse 22, asked the Lord to touch him. Verse 23 says that Jesus took this man by the hand and led him to a private place. 
led him away from town. Specifically, verse 23, led him out of the town. Now, this is not the first time we've seen this, where Jesus would lead a person out. And again, Jesus spit upon his eyes, put his hands on the blind man, and then asked the man, can you see? Verse 23, the exact words, he asked him if he saw aught. And the man, the Bible says in verse 24, looked up. He himself looked up and said this in verse 24, I see men as trees walking. So verse 25, Jesus puts his hand on him a second time and then instructs him to look up. The man didn't look up. Jesus instructed him, commanded him to look up. Apparently he was looking down at that time and he looked up. And the Bible says in verse 25, he was restored. That's an interesting word, restored. It means means to bring back to a former state. Which leads me to believe that this man had was not born blind. He was able to see at one time, but something had happened that caused him to lose his sight, a disease, an injury, because he restored him to his sight. And then he saw every man clearly. And he saw, he says in verse 25, he saw every man clearly, perfectly. His vision was clear. Now, a detail that I just want to mention in verse 26 was when Jesus sent him away. He said, don't go into town. Remember, Jesus led him out of town. And now Jesus says to him, don't go back into town, nor tell it to any in the town. And one might wonder why. And I think one of the reasons why is because Jesus mentioned this place, Bethsaida, as a place that had rejected his message. And... It was a part of his judgment on this area. In Matthew 11, Jesus said this, Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. This is the name of the community we're looking at in verse 22. In Matthew 11, Jesus said, Woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. Jesus had done things there. He'd done mighty works. He had preached to them, but they'd rejected his message. And Jesus had announced a curse a judgment upon that community. I think that's probably one of the reasons that Jesus led this man out of the town and then when he cured this man, he told him not to go back into the town. And so here's the, here's the story. In a nutshell, it's a great event. A great event in the Gospels. A great event in the life of this man who was restored. The thing I want to focus on, though, is that unique part of this passage where this man had a need for a second touch, if you would. And it says again in verse 25 that he put his hands again. He put his hands again upon his eyes. That's unusual. Anybody familiar with the Gospels knows that's unusual. I mean, when Jesus healed a person's sight, generally they could see. When Jesus healed the leper, his leprosy was gone. When Jesus loosed the tongue of someone that was dumb, they were able to speak. When He healed their lack of hearing, they were able to hear. Jesus healed a lot of people in His earthly ministry. A lot more than we would ever be able to imagine. Uh, There's about, in the gospel, somewhere around eight different occasions where Jesus healed someone that was blind. 
But those are just a small fraction because we have record of when Jesus would heal everybody in multitudes of people that had some infirmity. Blindness, as we've talked about before, in the Bible illustrates the spiritual condition of unsaved people. You may not think about this if you're here today and you're not saved, but the Bible says that you're spiritually blind. Ephesians 4, it says, having the understanding darkened because of the blindness of their heart. And a person could say, well, I'm, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'm not blind. Well, maybe you're blind to it. Jesus said a person that's unsaved is blind. They're blind to their condition. Not physically blind, but spiritually blind. They're unable to see spiritually. Second uh, Corinthians says, The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. They've been blinded in their mind. Blinded in their thinking. Unsaved people are unable to see. You know, one of the reasons people, uh, sinners, live like lost people is because they are lost people. They don't see their condition. They cannot see that they're lost. If a person, if a person was sitting in this room today, and that what I'm about to say describes people who are sitting here today, if a person was sitting here today and they could see if they're not saved and they could see the precarious place that they're in, if they could see the peril that awaits them, they would feel differently about their lost condition. Wouldn't you agree with that? If they could see that, that in their current state, if they died in their current state, they would immediately go to a place not made for men, but prepared for the devil and his angels. And they would never ever, in a million years, in a billion years, they would never ever have another opportunity to be saved. If they could see that, they would feel differently about their lost condition. But they're not, because they, they're blind. They don't see their desperate place. They don't see the way of salvation. So that's, that's unsaved people. And unsaved people are in a bad place, Right? And like this man, they need someone to help them get to Jesus. I mean, these people brought this man to Jesus and led this man to Jesus. And that's our privilege, right? That's, our, that's one of the reasons why we emphasize all the time, but especially during this season, to try to get the gospel to people. Try to get the gospel to people when they might be open to the gospel. That's why we invite them to church. That's why we send money to help missionaries take the gospel around the world. Because only Jesus can give them sight. Only Jesus can open their eyes. And He can open their eyes. He can restore them. But back to this man, after Jesus touched this man the first time, he could see something. He could see something. But his vision was not perfect. Again, I love the language in verse 24. It says, I see men as trees walking. Now, that tells me again that this man had been able to see at one time. How would he know what a tree looked like? How would he know like what men look like? He said, I can see. It's kind of like I can see. I can see right now with my glasses in my left hand. But I can see better with my glasses in my right hand. No, I can, I can see, but I cannot see as clearly as I can see with my glasses on. Some of us have been through that thing where they put you in a chair at the at the, when you go get your eyes checked and they 
So how do you see now? They turn it and turn it and turn it. And you see, wow. And then all of a sudden they turn it again. You can't see anything. This man could see, but he couldn't see clearly. He could see he had partial sight. By the way, partial sight is better than no sight at all, right? I mean, if I had to live with this kind of sight, I'd be good. But this is better. So this person represents to me a person, I believe, what happens when a person gets saved. I mean, when a person gets saved, they receive spiritual sight immediately. They don't have to have, they don't have, to have glasses on. They just see things spiritually in a different way. Why? Because their eyes are opened. They see things in a way they'd never seen things before. I, if I were to give people in this room an opportunity that can remember when they got saved, especially if a, old enough they were, that they were a teenager, adult, or whatever, but they can remember how all of a sudden they saw things differently. When a person gets saved, they see things differently. They see things like they've never seen them before. And the, when that happens, by the way, you'll never be any more saved than you are at that moment. Once you're saved, you're eternally saved. Salvation is not progressive. Salvation is instantaneous. You don't grow into salvation. You get saved in a moment of time. But that does not mean that you see everything as clearly then as you will see it maybe in the future. Now, when I got saved, and I'm sure this is true with many of you, when I got saved, I immediately saw many things differently. I saw my sin differently, immediately. I saw church differently, immediately. I saw the Bible differently. I never read the Bible before I got saved, except when I was a kid I read it, because I was at home and mom took us to church. But as an adult, I never read my Bible. But I'm telling you, when I got saved, I read this book, it was like, it was the most unusual book I'd ever written, read. God spoke to me through the Word of God. I don't recommend this. Matter of fact, I'd strongly recommend you not do this. But many times as a 21-year-old house painter, I would drive to work with a New Testament in my hand, just reading and memorizing Scripture as a brand new Christian. I love this book. I read through the New Testament immediately. I mean, just with a matter of days, I just love this book. My view of the Bible, my view of the Bible, my, what I changed when I got saved. I saw God differently. Before I got saved, I saw God as some, I knew God existed, I knew God was powerful, but I always kind of had this idea that God was going to infringe upon my life. That God was, if I, if I really had God in my life, that He's going to make my life miserable. He's not going to let me do anything I enjoy doing. That's the way I thought as a lost person. But when I got saved, I saw God differently. I saw God as my father. And a good father he is. So when we get saved, we immediately see things differently. But there are many things that I see more clearly now than I saw when I got saved. Would you agree with that? There are things that God does instantaneously. As I said earlier... Salvation is instantaneous. It's not progressive. You don't grow into it. By the way, creation was instantaneous. It did not evolve. In six literal days, God made everything He made. He made the planets. He made, he made 
wildlife. He made, he, by his own hand, he made men and breathed into that man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I'm just telling you, God does many things instantaneously. But, but, but seeing everything, and now I get to the, the heart of the message. Seeing everything that you need to see did not happen all at once when you got saved. Spiritual growth is progressive. Maturity is progressive. Add to your faith virtue. You have faith, but add to your faith virtue. And to virtue knowledge. There's always more that God wants to do in your life. Now, I don't think everybody thinks about that too much, but we ought to think about it. No matter how, I don't, I, I, we've been saved now. We got saved in 1975. So 44 years plus, we've been saved, my wife and I. Almost every day of those 44 years, I've read my Bible. And I can tell you, I've, I see things a lot more clearly now than I, than I saw when I got saved. Add to your faith virtue. You know what this man, this man could see with his original touch... But when Jesus touched him another time, he said, I can see, but I don't see clearly. Then he could see clearly. I think one of the lessons in this for me is that we just need to keep coming back to Jesus. Not to get more saved. We're already saved. But to see things more clearly. We need to, we need to see what God has for us more clearly. God's purpose for us. God's God's. Uh, the potential in your life. There are people sitting in this room, I'm particularly thinking of young people today, who really don't understand what their great potential is in life. But I'm telling you who can show you, and that's God. Your mom or dad may say to you, you have a great potential. You could do this, or you could do that. But I'm telling you, when God shows you, it makes a difference. When God shows you through the Word that He has a plan for your life, it makes a difference. I think, I think when I got saved, I was surrendered to the Lord. But many, many times over the years, many times, I've said, Lord, I just want to surrender my life to you. I, w- I want my life to be fully surrendered to you. Not, not so I could be more saved, but because, so I could see God's will more perfectly. And I, I wonder sometimes if this, if this doesn't describe where some people are that they've They've come to the Lord, and the Lord's touched them, and they've been saved. But they don't, they don't realize that there's a whole lot more that God wants you to see. And a whole lot more God wants to show you. We can be more caring. I tell you, we heard a great lesson this morning in Sunday school about one of my favorite passages in the Bible. About what selfless love really looks like. You know, I, I, I'm just telling you, God wants to open our eyes. I thought about that passage when I was praying earlier from the 119th Psalm. This was a man who loved God. It doesn't tell us David wrote it. I believe David wrote it. But this was his prayer. Open my eyes. A man with a heart for God. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Don't ever get to the place that you think, well, you know, I'm, I've trusted the Lord. I believe I'm going to heaven And I see all I want to see. No, there's so much more God wants you to see. We can be more useful. We can be more holy. We can be more caring. We can be more compassionate. Maybe you're saved and God's given you sight. 
but you don't see things as clearly as you could. I, I, as I said earlier, I think the sad reality is that some people, God has given them sight, but they only have partial vision. And they don't really exhibit an interest in having clear vision. I wouldn't embarrass you by asking you to respond to this. But if you haven't been in your Bible, reading your Bible regularly this week, if you don't open this book up every day, young person, and read it, what you're demonstrating is that you don't really have a desire to see. Right? You don't really have a desire to know. You're satisfied with where you are. And I think one of this thing teaches us is we need to keep coming back to Him. Letting Him work in our life. Letting Him show us what He wants to show us. Let, so we can see clearly. You know, there's an application you can make. There's only one interpretation of Scripture, but there are numerous applications. And, and if you, were, you could apply this to this whole matter of evangelism and missions and caring about lost people. We don't see them like they are. For some people, when they see people, lost people, unsaved people, they see them like trees walking. They're just, they're just a mass of matter that they don't really think about who they are, but what they are is an eternal soul. They're going to spend eternity somewhere. We need for God to help us to see things like that, to see things more clearly. We need to see that our knives are not our own. We've been bought with a price. You're, if you're saved, your life doesn't belong to you. You've been purchased. Jesus Christ owns you. He purchased us. We need, we need to see things more clearly. We ought, to, we ought to say, Lord, I want you to keep showing me. Keep showing me things from your word. Keep showing me. Think about this. Lord, keep showing me things about you that I've never seen. Keep showing me things about myself that I've never seen. Keep showing me things about my responsibility that I've never seen. And we could think, and people could think this, well, if God wants me to know, then God's going to force feed that into me. But that's not the way God works. God says, come unto me. And this man, think about this man. He, he could have said, when Jesus said to this man, can you see? Do you see okay? Are you seeing all right? He could have said, like we would sometimes, we could, he could have said, yeah, I can see. Because he wouldn't, maybe he didn't want to admit that he couldn't really see. But we need to be willing to admit, I need to see more clearly. I need to be able to see more clearly. Especially being a man, because men have this tendency not to acknowledge when they're hurting or when they have problems and when they're struggling. Women probably don't do that because they're much more humble and whatever. But I know men pretty good. No, I'm okay. How you doing spiritually? Well, I'm okay. But this man was not satisfied to see the way he was seeing. He wanted to see more clearly. One of the things we need to see more clearly is eternity. Heaven is not a fairy tale. It's a real place. It's a real place that Jesus is preparing for us. It's a, a, an eternal home awaits us. It's not imaginary. It's real. 
We really will see saved loved ones on the other side one of these days. You say, well, I can't see it. That doesn't surprise me. The natural man comprehendeth not the things of the Spirit of God. We, we sometimes see through a glass darkly, but God wants us to be able to see. You know, I, I don't even begin to think that I understand the full measure of this, but what if, what if you could see, what if you could see for just 30 seconds into hell today? What if you could hear what's going on in hell? What if I could today? General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, was quoted as saying that this is, if he could do this, he'd do this for every one of his workers. He would kind of peel back the covering of hell and let his workers see inside there. But you know what? We live like it's not even real. We live like it's a fairy tale. We live like it's imagined, it's, a, it's fiction, it's a fable. But it's not a fable. But let me tell you, just because you can't see it or because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. If God says that it, it's real... If the Bible declares that it's truth, we need, we, need to, we need to be willing to admit, like this man, we need to be willing to admit that our sight is not clear. And that's, that's really one of my goals today, is that we would think about that. No matter where you are in your Christian life, as I'm up here preaching today and you're thinking about what I'm saying, and maybe you realize, I, I don't really see things the way I should. I don't really see, I don't really see in my, in my daily life that my life doesn't belong to me. My life belongs to God. I don't really see that people who are lost are going to go to hell. I don't really see that I have a responsibility to help people. If you'd be willing to say, Lord, I don't really see that, but I want to see it. I want to see more clearly. You say, preacher, do you think... You see everything clearly, and I'll admit to you, I don't think I do. I don't think any of us do. As I said earlier, I'm thinking of that passage in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, We see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. One day we'll know even as we are known. The truth is, none of us have arrived. None of us have apprehended, Paul said. But here, listen, this is a part of the Christian life. The part of the Christian life... It ought to be encouraging and exhorting others and to see things the way God says they are. It changed the way we live. A person who fills their life with filth and garbage, if they could ever see how offensive that is to God, how, how if, especially if they're saved... If you're saved and Christ dwells in you, you're, you're exposing Him to conversations that are unholy. If we could just see that, not because the preacher sees it, not because mom or dad sees it, but because you see it, it could change your life. And perhaps you're here today and you're saved, but you say, I just really, I kind of I see it, no pun intended, but I kind of see it. That, that I see some things, but there's so much that I, I know I need to see, but I don't see. Well, the only one that can open your eyes is Jesus. And it'd be a great thing today. 
If people who are accustomed just to going through life with blurred vision would, would humbly come before God and say, God, I want to be able to see things more clearly. You know what? I believe God would answer that prayer. I believe God would. And maybe you're here today and you're not saved. Your spiritual eyes have never been opened. You ought to ask Jesus today, Lord, show me. Open my eyes. We need to see sin the way, not the way social media describes it, not the way our friends describe it. We need to see sin the way the Bible describes it. We need to see the cross the way that it really is. Salvation the way that Jesus provides it. There are people here today, and I'm not the judge. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are people here today that you can't see. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to see? As I was thinking about this this morning, I thought about some videos that I've seen on social media or YouTube of someone who saw, because of some medical discovery, they saw in a way they'd never been able to see before. I saw one not too long ago about someone who had never had any, been able to see color. Everything in their, in their vision was black and white. It was just very dull. And, and but, but because of this medical breakthrough, for the first time, they were able to see color. And they couldn't hold back their tears of joy. Or someone who's never heard before. And because of some medical device or medical discovery, all of a sudden they can hear voices and hear the birds sing. I want to tell you today, if you're not saved, you're missing out on what life is all about. And Jesus can give you sight. He can give you sight. You know, this may seem like an exaggeration, but I really believed after I got saved... I really believe this. We kind of lived out in the country in a similar way that we do now outside of Dallas. But it just seemed to me like the bird's song was clearer and more beautiful. It seemed like the stars shined brighter. I'm not making that up. It just seemed like because, because my eyes were being opened to the goodness of God and the greatness of God. I'm telling you, Jesus can give you sight. And he wants to give you sight. Maybe even in this service today, maybe not, but perhaps, you're seeing things more clearly. Maybe you're seeing yourself more clearly. You ought to go before God and say, Lord, I see, but I want to see more clearly. And if you're not saved, you need the Lord today. You need the Lord today. And... It's not a stretch. It's not an exaggeration. It's not an embellishment. To use this very people here in Bethsaida as an example of this. These people had rejected the truth. They had rejected the gospel. They had said no. Even though Jesus had performed mighty works, they had said no. And when this man, when this man received his sight, Jesus said, don't even go into that town and tell them. The point I get is this. Just because, just because God is gracious and merciful doesn't mean He's always going to work in your life. It doesn't mean that He's going to give you another opportunity. If you're here today and you're not saved, you ought to think about that. 
You ought to think about it seriously. You say, well, if I got saved, my husband might say this, or my wife would say this, or I, my, my family, my friends, my friends, that my friends might make fun of me, whatever. Hey, forget all that stuff. If you don't have, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you need the Lord. You need the gospel. You need to be born again. He changes lives. Amen. Aren't you glad he does? He changes lives. You ought to ask him today, Lord, I want, you to, I want you in my life. I want you to open my eyes. Help me to see. What, what a blind, foolish person that we were before we got saved. Isn't that amazing? And salvation just opened our eyes. It happens. Amen? But that doesn't mean because you're saved that you see everything as clearly as you need to see. I've seen things doctrinally much more clearly today than I did when I got saved. Amen? I'm glad about that. So no one can sit here today and say, and honestly say, no one can sit here today and honestly say, I, I know I see everything as clearly as I'm ever going to see it, spiritually. It's not so. Amen?